You're listening to The Cold Crypt on WNYU 89.1 FM. Hello, listeners. You are listening to The Cult Crypt, the final burial place of high art. I am once again Micah Carlson, your cult connoisseur. Got a very fun one this week. Have a, have a new person in the booth, if you'd, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Isla Finn. I'm a student in dramatic writing. I'm yeah. a junior. I'm a producer of a student-run podcast. Yeah. And we're to talk about <laughs> a fun show. We're t- yeah, we're going to talk about... We haven't done TV in a little minute. So this is... I think we're mainly going to talk about first season we'll kind of talk about season two a little bit if it comes to it but uh, we're talking about brian fuller original a fun little show from i gotta double check the exact dates so that i don't spread lies <laughs> yeah i i looked it up i'm i'm gonna guess that it's 2007 2007, 2007 to late 2008 uh tv show only two seasons called pushing daisies i think it's literally one of the most beautiful and stylistic shows that has ever been made but it's also just such a fun little quirky show. It did not have a huge following in 07, 08, but like it is like I think now one of the most rewatched shows considering it's like original fan basis to now because it's it's just such a fun show. <laughs> yeah, that was it's one of those shows that I've I've heard the name so many times. I've never heard anything about the show itself. I have mm. no idea what it was about, but like <laughs> The name Pushing Daisy. I was like, oh, like I've heard that a million times. Yeah. Just no clue what well, I mean, it was. Okay, so was this the very first time you ever watched the pilot? It was the very first ah. time. I watched the first two episodes. I am so excited to watch more. Yay. I, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Talk about the stylized. It's so mm. just visually delightful mm. to watch. I was trying to think of things to compare it to, and I couldn't come up with anything. The easy thing would be to say Wes Anderson, but that is mm. that is an easy thing, and yeah. I don't think it's accurate, really. So yeah, I'm not because like that. the the thing with Wes Anderson is that's very like soft palettes. It's yeah. very like pastel with this one, and I think it's partially because it's Barry Sonnenfeld, who is the director of like Men in Black and the Adams Family film series. He has this very like. I don't want to call it gauche, but he has a very like strong yeah. sense of scenes. He has a really strong sense of palette. And this is kind of saturating it and making it feel mm-hmm. extremely warm. The The opening shot is this beautiful, it's all CGI, but it starts with the roots and then it rises up to this huge, like almost magical feel just covered in bright yellow orange daisies and that's like the second you process like oh this is the palette this is the sense of this it's so rich and overwhelming your senses I think it's I the easiest thing for me to compare it to is actually this very intense British show called Utopia because Utopia does that a lot especially the start of it there's like this there's this iconic image of this canary yellow bag on the ground in this comic book store and that shot is so like oversaturated it's the same color as the title card of utopia it's like it's that level of stylistic saturation like people's skin sometimes look orange and you just accept that's (laughs) the style of it (laughs) there's really not a lot of shows that use color in a significant way there's a lot of dark shows hard to see (laughs) it's just it was so refreshing to just see such a like beautifully saturated show like that and yeah. I mean, even not even just in like the CGI bits. Like, God, in the second episode, what's her name? <laughs> Jessica Cargirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Her She's hair is my... so red. I know. <laughs> and for no reason. 
And it's they just did that, and it's so delightful. And yeah. it really just wakes up the screen. Yeah, and it's the like bright green of that like yeah, place, the, the, the bright white. The entire the, diner. <laughs> I think all my favorite episodes are definitely season one, not because I dislike season two, just because season one has like it's only nine episodes and they are so tight, they're so funny. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. This is such a great comedy because it leans into its style. It's to kind of Absolutely. kind of quickly summarize what the show's about. This show is about the, this man who's called the pie maker, Ned, who can revive somebody who's died with a touch. There's very specific logic, which is the fun of it. If a person can stay alive for one minute without any consequences. But if somebody is revived for over a minute, um, then another person will have to die. It's kind of equivalent exchange. Or an equivalent life. Because yes. Sometimes he yeah, because sometimes he revives a dog or a pigeon yeah. and then a squirrel has to die or like another bird. Yeah. Um, oh, that's why the squirrel died. Yes. I was wondering. I thought he was oh, going to revive uh, yeah, it yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. he never did. No, no, no. That's so why a squirrel and a dog are equivalent in yes, the show's logic. Yes, to the, that's to the show's very logic. Very interesting. Okay, <laughs> that's the very first scene. Is his dog dies, he revives it, and he doesn't know the logic of it yet because he's a little boy. So mm-hmm. a squirrel dies in his dog's place, and then later he finds out with his mom that if he touches somebody a second time, they immediately die. Uh, yeah. So it the, is unfortunate that he finds that out with his mom. Exactly. It's it's this. <laughs> that's the thing. It's got this like great balance of extremely like bittersweet like horrifying and traumatic stuff mm-hmm. even in like the murder of the week episodes some of those murders yeah. are so gruesome Absolutely. but it's played very cartoonish and very like stylistic so it's like oh no this is just funny the woman straight up is a pancake for one of the the bodies they have to talk to so therefore oh her face goodness. is smushed and she can't talk and that's why it's a struggle <laughs> to figure out who killed her it's just like that's the fun part of it so once Ned grows up, he is a pie maker. He makes pies in a little shop called the Pie Hole. And a detective finds out his little secret and is like, oh, I can make some good money off of this. So this private eye and him go and solve murder cases by reviving a dead body, mm-hmm. asking it who murdered them, figuring it out via circumstance because all the time it's <laughs> zany and funny anyways. And then there's this huge news story about a tourist who was murdered. Lonely lonely tourist, Charlotte Charles. <laughs> Every time she comes out, lonely, lonely tourist. tourist, Charlotte Poor Charles. Girl. It's so funny. And he revives her and can't bring himself to kill her. So for the entirety of the series, it's this romance between two people who the stakes are if they ever touch, they he will kill her because it's like the only person he loves or has any affection for which is super it's just such a great immediate premise but it also has to be explained like in a quick monologue at the top of every episode oh yeah yeah yeah. secret too because when in in the beginning when he he revives his mom he brings her back to life oh yeah yeah, yeah. she goes to give him a good night kiss and dies but when When he he revives her the first time he Mm. looks out the window and her his, father, his girlfriend, yep. her dad dies in yep. his mom's place. So he's like, whoops, I killed yep, your dad. I killed your dad. It's, <laughs> Tell her this. It's such a, it's got such a great soap opera energy to it because there's so many For things sure. like that. There's like, for one thing, he's holding in the secret, I can't tell my the love of my life, Chuck, which is what she's called most of the show. I can't tell Chuck that I killed her dad. Yeah. And then at the same time, there's also Chuck can't ever see her only relatives because they're afraid of what that'll do to her aunts, Lily and Vivian. Because they believe that she's dead. Yes. Because it's a secret that they've um, That she's revived been revived. Because yes. it was obviously a very public news story that yeah. this lonely tourist died. <laughs> so... Yeah. So oh. it's also like Chuck trying to like help her aunts, but she can't ever see them. And then there's all of all of my beloved Christian Chenoweth doing so much beautiful work. Um, all of giving us a surprise musical in episode two. <laughs> exactly. Did not see that coming. You did. <laughs> no, I had no 
idea. I was like, there's nothing in the pilot, and now she's singing. And but, now oh, she's sitting. But she has this wonderful little thing where she's obsessed with the pie maker. She's only yeah. there for Ned, but she's just not even noticed by him. So she's just constantly, when she figures out Chuck's secret, then she becomes part of the plot. And it's like, now she's Ooh. communicating with the ants and da da da. There are new stakes every episode, yeah. which aren't really, it's not really evident in the pilot. But, it's a really good, yeah. it's really good episodic and serialized blend because Absolutely. like there are raising stakes. There are like everybody understands everyone's complication. All of Snook fully believes that Chuck is just like doing some kind of insurance scam or something. She doesn't really need to like know everything, but she's mm-hmm. like, you are a terrible person to me forever because you're hurting these wonderful, your wonderful aunts. The aunts are incredible and I love them. It's absolutely fabulous. Yes. The, the, the eye patch. I don't remember which yes. one's which. Is that Lily? That's Lily, yes. Yeah. Love her. Uh, <laughs> especially because there's like... They're also mermaid, the Darling Mermaid Darlings, which is just a little thing to add for flavor of them having been like world travelers, but and because of and synchronized swimmers, swimmers but because of like a, a family betrayal, which is kind of like mm-hmm. hinted at, but then said out loud later on. And they like become agoraphobic and shut themselves in. Yeah. And that's also what motivates Chuck to want to leave. Yeah. It's all this, it's all this great, like very simple plot stuff, but also it's so interesting and invigorating and the stylization of it is so good like i said one of them has an eye patch one of them's ellen green from (laughs) little shop of horrors this is the first time she ever did tv and she's incredible and i love her i think my absolute favorite episode is actually pigeon just because one ellen green scenes birdhouse in your soul one of my favorite songs of all time oh so it does continue to be a musical yes and not just chris and chuck yes awesome i love it (laughs) i'm looking forward to it huge and then two there's just this It's such a good, simple plot, and it's about the fact that stuff just repeats, which I think is so great, because that is kind of what the episode structure is. What's the obstacle that these two are dealing with because they can't touch and they can't show their romantic affection to each other physically? And also... What does that do and how does that complicate the like case of the week? And for, yeah. for that one specifically, it's because it's the first time you ever see Ned be like legitimately jealous really? because somebody catches Chuck before she falls because he has to step oh, away he from can't her. Do that. Exactly. Oh, no. So the entire time you're oh. just like, oh, that's so good. That's such a oh, good complication. And also it's about that one's also a more romantic episode. Like the yeah. the main guy is trying to get to the love of his life. It's very cute. Honestly, this the It's so cute. <laughs> story between Ned and Chuck it like I want yeah. everything for them yeah it's, they, it's the little details mm-hmm. like every scene that Ned and Chuck are in together Ned has his little arms tucked away <laughs> his hands in his pockets he is so careful in every moment of the show mm-hmm. not to even risk touching her mm-hmm. and it's like it's just so sweet yeah it, it, it doesn't break my heart because it's not like well, it's a little sad, but little it, sad. I don't know. Warms my heart, something like that. It's, it's also, oh, yeah, and I mean, the ending of the pilot isn't like, they, they go to another case. It's like, okay, we kind of get the serialization mm-hmm. of it. But the last shot is holding their own hands behind their back and pretending yeah. that it's them. It's just this, like, it's such a simple, And the like, monkeys, they have these oh, little the plaster monkeys. monkeys. And they can't kiss, so they make the little the monkeys, monkeys kiss. kiss. Oh, it's so cute. I was literally watching, like, they should make the monkeys kiss right now. And, and you're like, Dude, it was beautiful. It's just, it's just pure joy in a weird way. It still has all these like goofy complications. It's still like very, it's a very tight comedy. I want to say all of the actors are speaking at such a rapid pace. Like even, even Ellen Green, even the actress who plays Vivian, they're just like they're going at all the dialogue so quickly, and everyone's moving very quickly. If you ever seen Christian Chenowitz, you're like, this makes sense. It's really clever dialogue too. It's so fun. It's very, it's chock full of double entendres. Mm -hmm. It's just like. 
absolutely hitting you over the head with like what this person's thinking. I forget what episode it is that opens with this little bit, but it's like everybody has their own little like inner world that I think is really well fleshed out so they can always like pull them from the characters. Everyone's so distinct too. Emerson Codd, who's the the PI that Mm -hmm. Ned's working with, is like obviously the one who's very money oriented and also the person who's a little bit kind of like scheming, but he also still has a heart. There's a lot of good. He knits. He knits. There's so many socks to put his money in. (laughs) There's so many good little discussions he has with like clients, even where you're like, oh no, he does care. Yeah. And also, I just love how he always is just trying to keep Ned focused on something. That's just it's just a really good like foil to Ned because Ned's very like follow his heart everywhere and get he get both him and Chuck get stuck on their emotional relationship much more than anything else going on. In Pigeon again, there's a scene where they're both digging up a grave, Chuck and Ned, and she just stands there for a second. She goes, are you mad at me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my God. Well, they're digging up a body. That's, perf- that's, that's so, so funny. That's and that's the thing as well. Like you see them you know, go into graveyards and, and touch dead bodies and also, like, talk with people in, in a coroner's office. But you never feel that, like, bleak fear of death would. No, it's very... They're all very matter-of-fact about it. Yeah. Like, Chuck wakes up from the dead. She's like, oh, well, you know. Yep. It's my last minute of life. That's cool. You want to kiss? And he's like, we can't. Symmetry. You know? And she's... Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, Ned is very immediately accepting of this, you know, oh, like, I can't, other than, like this girl that I can't bring myself to put back Mm -hmm. I can't keep anyone else alive for longer than a minute because then someone else dies and I can't have that on my conscience Mm -hmm. he's very you know like death is a part of life can't upset the balance very understanding of that which is nice yeah there's always at least one flashback to show Ned as a child, like, processing this. Mm-hmm. Mostly it's a really quick and easy way to reestablish the rules in this yeah. way where a kid is discovering it. But, like, there's one that I think of all the time where he has, like, two jars of fireflies. He revives all of them in one jar and just watches all the other ones fall in the other one. Oh. And it's just, like, seeing stuff like that where you're like, this is how he's always thinking about it. This is how he's always processing stuff. Because it's also the same thing of, like, with the frog's dissection. Yeah. He does that oh, but so feels fun. bad about it because he sees yeah. all these birds fall out of the tree right after. Yeah. He's always thinking about, like, yes, I had my mom for a bit, but I also did this terrible thing that I yeah. didn't know would happen. And, like, yeah. if he had known, like, he had his mom for, like, what, four more hours? Yeah. And then the dad is gone forever. Like, yeah. awful. Yeah. And, of course, he, you know... <laughs> considering the agoraphobic mm. answer, the reason that Chuck went on the cruise ship where yeah. she died anyway. It feels like, like oh, a part if, of it's still him. If he hadn't him, killed yeah. her dad, she might not have died, and then they could have they kissed. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the second episode, they do they do kiss a little bit they, through some they do, plastic yes. the body saran bags wrap is, the, the, It's a plastic well, body bag and the saran wrap, fun. which is so good. But the, a recurring theme of we're yeah. about to die, so let's kiss. There is a little bit, Which I bit, think yeah. is just fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. It's such a great way to have these like life and death stakes, but to never make it feel overwhelming and scary. I will say also this is like one of the few like procedural life and death shows that has like almost no relation to the cops because Emerson Codd is a private investigator. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which is so adorable. And it's also so cute how every time he wakes someone up, Chuck is like What's like? What's your last words? What's yeah. your biggest regret? Oh yeah, what's Chuck is Chuck is very much a, a people like is very focused on the humanity of people. Yeah, which I think is just like Ned does think about that. I just think Ned is very like has he's, numbed himself a lot, and he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, he's kind of withdrawn. I think mm-hmm. from from people in general, just in terms of like he doesn't want to love somebody and then have the thing that happened with his mom happen again. Yeah, so I think he's he's a little out of practice. Yeah, he's not used to like thinking about. 
other people's feelings like that just because he has he has olive and that's pretty much it <laughs> and digby who he also can't touch which yes. is insane to me having a dog having for a dog that you can't pet is so over crazy 20 years yeah. that you cannot pet that's the thing too it imagine. does the the show does kind of imply that the he gives the immortal. dog eternal life yeah, yeah. and there's he Digby still has the same dog who was an adult yes. when he was a child and yes. looks exactly the same age. Yeah. Okay. He was he was two years old. A fun thing about the show that we haven't talked about is the narrator. Love and it. one of the, the little quirks is that every single time a murder victim is introduced, suspects are introduced, and also characters are introduced, they'll say their full name and also how long they've lived by days or years, days, down to the minute. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Digby. Digby's the first yeah. time it happens outside of Ned, who is never fully named. Ned is either Ned or the Pie Maker. Everybody yeah. else has a full name. Like I said, Emerson Codd, yeah. Charles, Chuck, Char- I always call it Charlotte call it Charles. Charlotte Charles. Yeah. It's hard for me to remember because there's also Charles so Charles. So many C's. Oh, there's so <laughs> many. Yeah. And then Olive Snook. Olive Snook just gets says a lot because Olive Snook is an incredible name. It truly is. <laughs> it's a magical name. Incredible name for an incredible person. Exactly. It's a visual show. I think of it in the images. Is it a CGI dog? Or no, like they're all real dog? dogs. That's a that's oh. a fun thing as well. Digby is um, mainly a trained dog. There are puppets. That's... Pigeon oh, has one know, of my favorite one of my favorite bird puppets I've ever seen because the pigeon dies at first. Ned revives it, mm-hmm. and it dies because it loses its wing. So it's a one-winged pigeon puppet. Olive takes him to the ants because the ants have a bunch of, have a bunch of birds, taxidermy birds and live ones. So That's she interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're in a cage. No, but it's interesting birds to have in the, the taxidermied and the cage ones together, like because they they don't want to ever let go siblings. of them. Yeah, like, they don't at, ever look at your go. dead your dead friends. <laughs> just just stare at them all day. That seems that seems a little dark. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason for that that I won't spoil. It's one of those like kind of soap opera twists that I felt I got immediately on my first rewatch. But when I rewatched it the second time, I forgot about it and it surprised me again somehow. I don't know how that happened. But yeah, there's a lot of little like soap opera-esque twists. Everybody has familial issues they run away from. I feel fine saying Ned has some serious daddy issues. Yeah. Oh my God, the daddy issues of that man yeah, are insane. Yeah, his mom dies, dad drops him at a boarding school, is gone. Not Just even that. Gone. Gets another family behind his Whoa. back on Halloween. On Halloween. No. He hates Halloween. Oh, Halloween. You can't, I mean, it's a bad thing to do either way, <laughs> but on Halloween, well, okay, oh my okay. God. Morning, the he holiday he for goes everyone. home for Halloween. That's how he finds out his dad is remarried and has a another family and has two new sons <laughs> oh my god sneaks, like he sneaks the, home for halloween but presumably in the future for like winter break summer break whatever he would have to go home and yeah live with the, the new family that ignores him i i think the fun thing it's is cinderella it's i don't think sad. it ever really tells you what ned does except he avoids his father forever uh, there i is, mean that makes sense there is i'm trying i'm remembering a flashback where he does literally run away from the school you don't need to know about it. It's fairy tale logic. Right, yes. He grows yeah. up. He has enough money to buy the pie hole. He runs the pie hole by the time he's That's an adult. That's a good point. <laughs> it's not a show that prioritizes logic necessarily. No. Unless it's the logic that the show itself has set up. Exactly. It's, like, it's kind of a don't ask don't ask questions and you'll be fine with it kind of thing. <laughs> don't like, like don't let me do it. But since this is the kind of show that like is absurd and embraces its own absurdity, I'm like, yeah, like I'll roll with this. Who yeah. needs logic? The flowers are CGI. Nothing else has to be real. The flowers are CGI. The bees are CGI. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. The pie hole is CGI'd. The there were so is. many it's restaurants giant, and buildings. It's a giant pie. It's a that giant appears pie. to have been inserted into some into, into the, a, building. a building, which is it's, it's perfect. It's fun. It's great. It's perfect. Those cherry lamps are real, and I want one so bad. <gasps> oh my Those god! Those cherry light fixtures are gorgeous, and they're I want so one. Beautiful. I want one. I want one. <laughs> but they're like there's so many fake buildings. There are so many like um, obvious like CGI shots of like little, it's like a little animals it's like and stuff. Sesame Street. Yeah, where it's like everything is clearly constructed, but you're like, no, nah, it's cool. No, it's fun. It's fun. It's also 
I also do, like I said, like one of my favorite things is the the pigeon puppet. A bigger element is normally a real practical effect. Mm-hmm. If it's something like a fly being revived, that's CGI. The fireflies are CGI. Yeah. But something like a dead frog is a physical tactile thing, and then they just swap it out with a real frog. Yeah. Like that's the, they make really smart decisions about where they're willing to like have yeah. the production cost. So then it's more exciting. And also it's not like... I mean, it's, it's a TV show. It's mm-hmm. probably obvious, but it's TV series. You easily it's accept great. it. It fits. It's incredible. It, just, it's, it fits with it. Like, yeah. we have our, you know, our <laughs> olive green diner, mm-hmm. and we have our a mediocre CGI frog, and it looks yeah. it, it looks perfect. It and looks we beautiful. have, and the thing as well is we have these, like, insanely fun costumes and uh, incredible yeah. sets. Like, regardless of what the, the outside of the building looks like, it's always incredible inside. Mm-hmm. In season two, it's a honey based like makeup company if i remember correctly mm. that like chuck has to find incriminating evidence and the room is so gorgeous because it's like all stained glass honeycomb oh, so it looks like cool. it's it's imprinted onto the floor and the floor also has like a different honeycomb pattern and there are just these bee symbols everywhere like they didn't have to do that but they did that and they made sure the I light wish, hit so it covered her i wish it more businesses sick. were like that exactly I wish you could walk into i don't know an apple store <laughs> and there's chairs like giant phones yeah that would just be fun that'd be right? fun like every every place they go to is themed and if it's not Not then it still like engages you in some way shape or form the set design is crazy the costume Mm -hmm. design is insanely good Um, it all feels incredibly familiar to me but i can't place why it does yeah it just feels very very comforting and very like Mm -hmm. recognizable i don't know it's it's just yes i kind of want to say it leans into retrofuturism a little bit Mm. especially like the dandelion and like that like theater like that you're absolutely right that kind of like look i think i think it's just like it has such a great kind of overlying philosophy of like we want it to look timeless Mm -hmm. but we can like lean into some like 2000s-isms at the same thing like the saturation i think is very 2000s oh for Um, for sure but it still has a very simplified style Mm -hmm. the dandelion costumes i'm just remembering that that one mary elizabeth ellis who's that actress and who plays the the i think it is janet it's something with a j something with a j like that outfit is so incredible and it's only ever in that episode (laughs) yeah or like the little dandelion palms and those are so memorable Yeah. Putting little dandelions. Absolutely. The sports car of the future. They're they're fancy little futuristic jumpsuits that all those, like, dead people hang in. Oh, yeah, the the dummies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They didn't need to give them futuristic, you know, silver jumpsuits, but they did. And it's sort of like a two-minute scene, and it's great. It's just so fun. I will also say the cast in this is really fun. Absolutely. Because one, the central cast is is just incredible. And like I said, Ellen Green... Getting Ellen Green in your TV show is so crazy to me because she's she's just so incredible. G McBride, I also want to say I love him. That's the guy who plays Emerson Cod. Mm-hmm. Anna Frell, I always forget because she looks so much like Zoe Deschanel. It's kind of uncanny. No, she does. <laughs> and also something about the hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Whenever it's a side profile, it gives me Kristen Wiig a little bit. It does just a little bit. Just that one hairstyle that she had bit. for a while. But there's like David Arquette was in this. Cy Richardson, he's a recurring character. He's the guy at the morgue that keeps like letting them in. At one point, they do have to cut a deal with him because he catches yeah. on very quickly. Yeah, and he's I, the I, same the guy. The narration is great. I love the narration. I, it's, a, it's I I can't imagine the show without it. It's, <laughs> it's the perfect like cherry on top. Yeah, it so makes this it feel is, like a fairy tale. It does. It keeps you in the sense that this is a story. This isn't yeah. like something I have to be like super serious about even though you're feeling these really wonderful heightened emotions yeah i don't know do you have a stigma with vo when it's like from a character the the narrator is never a character yeah the the narrator narrator is its own thing just its own thing like there are points where he'll speak for ned 
Like in the in the first episode where he's like the pie maker lied oh, after yeah. he like tells Emerson he doesn't care. Like stuff like that is so good yeah. though because like you still see it. It's just reinforcing yeah. what you're reading on these actors' faces. And it lets the <laughs> show really focus on you know the stories and the action and like yeah. the. We don't have to all the boring backstory and exposition. Oh my god, we just the exposition it. is so always so so quick and so good. Because it's crisp. just like here's the guy who got killed, and we always start with who's here's the guy who got killed. Here's, here's how everything old they else. Are. Here's it's not even how old there are. Here's his job. Here's everything mm-hmm. else. Here's the thing that like probably most people think happened to him. It's the fact he just shows him a picture and he goes a chow. <laughs> the, the dog voted most likely to attack its owner. <laughs> he says that's race. That's, that's racial, racial profiling. profiling. <laughs> so there it is. No, the, like so many, so many mysteries are like that. They're framed mm-hmm. like that. Like here is this thing. Oh wait, that's obviously the thing. No, 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 no. It's it is the wife, but there's four of them. It is the yeah. it was in the coffee, but they all used a different type of creamer, two of which were almond based. Oh. <laughs> it's like there's never an easy answer. Yeah. It's such a good example of like almost succeeding where you're like, yes, you're on the right track, but it's actually yeah. in this way. Or like they actually accidentally helped it. Like stuff like that. Yeah. It's such fun little clever twists. I will very quickly mention this is only two seasons. Mm-hmm. And season two, it went from nine episodes to thirteen. And it's, it's a thing of, it was so clear that they, with the longer time, made a lot more complications. They had a lot more fun with it. They had bigger stories. There's a big thing with Charles Charles, Chuck's dad, which is, ooh, Wait crazy. Wait a second. Chuck's dad's name is Charles Charles. 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 That sounds right. Yep. Continue. <laughs> Just wanted to confirm I'm sorry. That. You think somebody ha- would have that name and have a kid and not name her Charlotte Charles for the cemetery? And then they call her Chuck. <laughs> and then call her Chuck. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even track that Charlotte and Charles. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Charlotte Charles. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty good. wonder what Ned's last name is. We'll never know. That's Praise the fun Ned. thing. We'll never know. But the show very clearly, I think, had a three-season max, was what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And then the writer's strike happened. And then especially because this is a very, like weird show it's not getting a lot of attention it's really hard to market they did decide to cancel it they knew ahead of time i believe they knew like two months or so ahead of time of the announcement mm-hmm. so, um, okay so that's good that they yeah. at least knew so they could get so, like, some the, the last episode is pretty fun so by the end of it they just made a two minutes and 30 seconds of like here is how everything wraps. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yes. So we do know that, like, Ned and, Char- and like, Charlotte stay together and Charlotte's well, able to, like, see her aunts at the end of it. That's yeah. the final shot is them on the doorstep and it's, like, Aww. they're going to all be a family now. Well, that's... And there's, like, a little thing about Emerson. There's a fun little plot with Emerson I don't want to spoil, but, like, <laughs> and, he, and he had a happy thing. ending. And it at least says that, like, Olive does kind of find a way to, like, love Rolla Spar's ex- character. Yeah, so she also gets somebody. Because the thing of, like, she has so much to give. She's just focused on somebody who isn't interested. And that's, it's simply not it's a healthy okay. thing. I mean, in the first episode, she's leaning her full body out of a window, yep. all her just body weight see. on, I think, a curtain yeah. with a mirror just just to spy on Ned. And I'm like, oh, honey. Like, that, that seems so there's good. There's so much more to life. And like, she just, oh, no. Sweetie. <laughs> And she almost falls, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, is he going to have to revive, like, two girls he can't touch? But then, no, she she catches herself. She's fine. She's yeah. fine. Spoiler alert, she doesn't die in the first episode. No, she doesn't. Olive Snook is very important. Very important. <laughs> it's it's finely crafted, like a, like a well-baked pie. <laughs> like a well-baked pie. Like a well-baked pie. pie. <laughs> uh, like the one that his mother dropped on the floor. Yeah, that's the that thing. fixated on for the rest of his life. That's the thing. <laughs> Ain't it? <laughs> is there any... Last minute things you're thinking about or anything we didn't talk about you'd want to expand on? Any any thoughts? I I just love it. Like, I, I've, at the beginning of this week, 
all I knew was the words pushing daisies. I didn't even know what they meant. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm go- I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch the rest of this probably before the week's out because <laughs> I like it so much. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a really easy watch. It's a one hour comedy. You can find it on HBO Max or Max. God, I always forget that. Yeah. But I think I think Max is where it's going to stay for for forever now yeah. because it, I believe it was a Warner Brothers production. Ah, yeah. I might be a liar. Let me let me look at that. I didn't look at that at all. <laughs> Max, is, Max is where I watched it. Oh, it was ABC. I'm a liar. Huh. This was this was on when Lost was running oh <laughs> on Lost Channel. No wonder it wasn't getting the notice. <laughs> that would make sense. That would that would track. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just it's so good, it's so good, it's so, so beautiful. Good. It's a, a work of art. I desperately want art like that again. I just want mm-hmm. art that does not care about realism and something that's different. Like yeah. I feel like so many popular shows, their success just like oh this this show worked really well. Let's do yeah. it seven more times. Like The Office just had a bunch of little babies running around, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know they're great babies. I love Parks and Rec, but sometimes it's just nice to have something that's totally different. Mm. <laughs> Maybe perhaps something a little bit whimsical that isn't animated just a for once. A little magic. That's the thing too. Like the fact that they did go with live action for this does so much for it. Absolutely. I know that sounds... A completely different show if it was animated. I know that sounds a little bit contradictory, but, like, truly, if this was animated, I don't feel like I would love it half as much. Yeah, no. The magic would be... I don't know. Because, I mean, part of it is animation. Like, Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want because it's animated. Exactly. But this is... It's the real world, but it's just a little bit magic and You know how excited I get whenever somebody gets that blue filter on them (laughs) and they snap back down so quick? Ugh. Ah, joy. And they always... When they're sitting up and, like, turned a little, they never, like collapse they yeah. always go right back on their back it's the way they were perfect. it's just so it's perfect it's it right perfect. in place mm-hmm. kisses on the head and pats it's perfect child <laughs> the perfect child all righty yeah if you want to check out some stuff we're doing we are making a little pod we are we are we don't have a a solid release date yet we are still very much in production but at some Real. point high seas the podcast will be someday. out on spotify someday i see stories check it out someday <laughs> all right yeah well that will do it for me. I do have to clean up this yeah. fun little mausoleum. The be- I haven't seen my little creature in a good couple of weeks. Little creature? Yeah, I, there's a beast in here somewhere. A beast. Yeah, little, little beast. Huh. Yeah, they're they're fine. They they probably what do won't you bite. Mean? I mean, I mean, a little guy with a hole in their head and sharp teeth. Little guy. I'll I'll show you outside. There's a lot of drawings. I'm excited to see. They they like to draw themselves all over the place. There's a lot of them. Oh. <laughs> if you ever come into the studio, just look for a little cat thing, and maybe. Maybe it won't be hungry. I just, I don't know. I haven't seen it in a couple weeks. I did go outside for the first time in a while, so there's that. But yeah, I gotta clean up this dusty mausoleum, so thanks thanks for coming. Oh, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I was so honored when I got yep. the text. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to The Cult Crypt. Have a good night. Wow. <laughs> You've been listening to The Cult Crypt on WNYU 89.1 FM.